This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey, everybody. It's Don LaGreca with the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct, and we've got lots to discuss. Another series has been won, and that is the Tampa Bay Lightning advancing now to the third round where they'll take on the winner of the Bruins and the Islanders. And then earlier in the week, the Canadians finished off the sweep of the Winnipeg Jets, so now they await the winner of Colorado and Vegas. Where to begin? Let's start with what everybody's talking about. That's the Golden Knights' come-from-behind win over the Avalanche last night in Colorado as the Avs really dominated this game at a 2 to nothing lead going into the third period. It looked like all was right with the world. They had figured things out defensively. I think at that point, only a one shot came from the Vegas forwards. So if you remember EJ coming on Monday on the podcast, he's like, you know, they got to figure out how to stop this Vegas team because if you remember, outside of the game one blowout, they caught a break in overtime getting a power play opportunity on the Ranton goal. And then Vegas has really dominated since then with the back-to-back wins in Vegas. And it looked like Colorado had figured it out. And they were 20 minutes away from taking a 3-2 series lead. And that all vanished in the blink of an eye. Marsha Show scores. Tuck scores. Tuck scores a minute and three seconds in. Marsha Show 407. And then it stays that way until we get to overtime. And what a play by Mark Stone, the first captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. Gets a great feed from Max Pacioretty. Just turns on the Jets. And just before anybody from the Avalanche can get back, instead of driving closer to the net, he just fires just a a blistering shot uh, that goes the the far side of the net for the game-winning goal. And the Vegas Golden Knights have now won three in a row, have a 3-2 series lead, and going back to Vegas for a chance to wrap this up and go to the third round and host the Montreal Canadiens for games one and two. Just a spectacular game. It's being played at a way different level than everybody else in this league. It's just incredible what these teams can put together. And you know, right now it's just coming down to structure. It's coming down to just being a little bit more of a well-rounded team. And right now, the question has to be for the Avalanche is they now have to win two consecutive games in order to advance here. They need their best players to be their best players. And right now, Nathan McKinnon's really feeling it. Didn't score a point last night, and he has just the one point um, in the last four games. And he had that big night back uh, the first game of the series when he had two goals and an assist for three points. Had an assist in game two, but he's been shut out the last three games. No goals in the last four. He's a minus three in that span. And you just can't have that, right? Because we saw what happened at Edmonton when they didn't get the points from McDavid. And you see what happens with Toronto when they couldn't get the points from uh, Marner and Matthews. And it's kind of happening here with the Avalanche that they're just not the same team if Nathan McKinnon's not leading them. And now he's got to come up to just try to save face here and force that Game 7 back in Colorado where everything can be up for grabs here. And that game is going to be played on Thursday, 9 o'clock at NBC Sportsnet. So really all eyes are pointing to him, and that's been the difference. And listen, Vegas struggled against Minnesota, and now you're seeing one of the reasons that they struggled is they didn't have Max Pacioretty. And he is playing at a different level that I've never seen him play at. I've seen him play big games in Vegas. I saw him play big games in Montreal with the Canadians. He is really feeling it right now and that backhand pass uh to stone for the game winning goal 50 seconds at overtime was a difference maker there so 
Vegas has got it going on right now and a chance to advance to the third round. Just what a story the Golden Knights have been since coming into the league, and that'll put a lot of pressure on the Seattle Kraken next year to see if they can live up to the same expectations Vegas has given you in the first four years of their history. Now, the Lightning, they advance over the Hurricanes. This was just a tough spot for Carolina, right? I mean, they were the better team during the course of the regular season, but you know, Tampa is just seasoned for these moments and they want to that you can play it any way you want to play it we talked about with the cj on monday you want to you want to play a, a 6-5 game we've got the ability to do that you want to play a 2-1 game a 2-0 game got a chance to do that as well and three of their four wins tampa came 2-1-2-1-2-0 so here's a team that did not have to score more than two goals to win a game but once and that was that victory on Sunday that 6-4 wild game which is another a perfect example hey you want to play it wide open 10 goals in a game okay we'll win you want to play it close to the vest two three goals we can win that too uh, they're not getting very much production from their blue line but boy their offense is really clicking from the forwards and Vasilevsky has been tremendous if there is a concern about Tampa two things on the table for them number one this is a team that won the cup last year the, the quick turnaround you you heard Cooper say after that this has been a slog for them right that the, the 56 game schedule and a very very difficult division to get into the playoffs that was tough and he felt these first two rounds have been really tough and and even though they didn't face elimination you know Florida and Carolina they did give them a heck of a test and and there are some people like talking like well he's um he he's, he's disrespecting whoever the lightning going to take moving forward no what he's telling you is if you read between the lines, it's been so tough because this is a team that was competing at a high level in September and October, winning their championship last year, and now a short turnaround less than a calendar year later having to try to do it again in what was a very, very competitive division, especially at the top with Carolina, Florida, that they that they had to contend with. Um, a little bit more travel than a lot of other divisions outside of the North. And then taking on two really, really good teams to start the playoffs in Florida and Carolina. And now we'll have to take on either Boston or the Islanders. So this is going to be tough for Tampa. And that's why I say the winner of Vegas, Colorado is going to win. Because I think that's just maybe a little bit too much to expect from the Lightning back-to-back years. Because whether it's Boston, whether Boston can come back and win the next two games, or if it's the Islanders who can wrap things up tonight, you're talking about heavy teams teams that really know how to play in the postseason that are really experienced in the postseason so if Tampa is going to win this they're going to have to earn it where the Vegas Colorado team and again I don't want to disrespect Montreal I love the Canadians but that's not going to be near the test that Tampa is going to have to face against either Boston or New York so that's why I say that Vegas Colorado winner I think is going to win the Stanley Cup. And I had Vegas winning the Cup at the beginning of the season, so it's easy for me to say that. But Tampa's got it going on, and they look great, and you can make the case they've got the best goaltender left in these playoffs. And as far as Carolina's concerned, you hope that Dundon does the right thing and re-ups with Rod Brindamore. He is a special coach, and you just hate to see that team have to now go look for another coach again. There's a lot of teams salivating at the opportunity of a free agent in Rod Brindamore, but hopefully that all gets taken care of and we can move forward. Um, and now Carolina, I still think, is a really good team, really good young team. Got to figure out who your number one goaltender is. They had to use two goaltenders in this series. Both played well. <clears throat> Both had their moments, so 
got to figure out on who the future of this goaltender uh, goaltending is going to be uh, for Carolina. Another footnote before um, we preview tonight's game, and that is Kadri had his eight-game suspension upheld. And the reason I bring that up, as it's not surprising, is what happened with Palat and his hit on Pesci last night and what kind of discipline is going to come down from the National Hockey League because of that. And I, and I do think there will be a suspension. But here's the difference. And the difference is going to come from uh, the the extent of the injury and also the history of the player. And, and Pilat has been somebody that has been uh, a good soldier in this league. He has not been a dirty player, does not have a history of having hearings, does not have a history of being suspended the way Kadri did. Kadri has you know, a pretty extensive history when it comes to um, violent acts. So I would think that a check to the head by Palat, in some cases, was probably looked upon as even dirtier than the Shifley hit and as almost identical to the Kadri hit in the first round of the playoffs. But considering Kadri's history to Palat's history, I don't think Palat's going to get as much. But I would not be surprised if it's a couple of games and maybe that could affect Tampa in the next round against either Boston or New York. Now, who is it going to be, Boston or New York? Well, at the Coliseum tonight at 7.30, the Islanders have a chance to advance to the third round for the second consecutive year. And the Boston Bruins, they're in a little bit of trouble here uh, because you got no Carlo, right? Um, and you also have a compromise Rask. Now, Boston 5-on-5 five five has been great. And they completely outplayed the Islanders 5-on-5 in Game 5. The difference was allowing the Islanders to have not one, not two, but three power play goals in their four opportunities, and that turned out to be the killer. But over a long range of stuff, you're going to be missing Carlo, and we'll see what's going to happen with him. And certainly if Rask is not 100% and Coach uh, Cassidy seemed to imply that he didn't finish that Game 5 because they wanted to rest him because he's not 100%. He's hinted about that throughout the series. And I just think that could be a huge difference for an Islander team that's going to be smelling blood, a building that's going to be smelling blood. And you got to love the creativity sometimes of hockey fans. And I'm sure Bruce Cassidy would like to have his words back. He's he's certainly playing the game of trying to influence the officials. You saw Barry Trotz do it after Game 4, talking about Bergeron with the face-offs. And the next thing you know, you're seeing Bruins getting kicked out of the face-off dot. And Cassidy's trying to imply that, you know, um, the Islanders are getting some breaks. And, and, and that's certainly, you know, from what my observation, I think a lot has been missed. And certainly you've seen Bruins get fined and, 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 and disciplined by the league for calls that were not made during the course of the game but you know Bruce is trying to swing the pendulum and he's complaining about Barry complaining about Bergeron and then he mentioned about the not the New York Saints and now not realizing there was a lacrosse team in in New York called the Saints so I'm sure you're going to see a lot of jerseys and t-shirts with the New York Saints in there and just give those 12,000 Islander fans something else to get on the Boston Bruins about the atmosphere in the series and just the back and forth has been tremendous Uh, this this series has only been matched by the Vegas uh, Avalanche series and I would expect tonight just to be crazy Boston's not going to go quietly into that good night they're too good a team to do that and it's going to be fun and if I'm the Islanders, you want to try to avoid having to go and win a Game 7 in what has also been an amazing atmosphere in Boston. You want to avoid that on Friday, so Islanders looking to see if they can't finish this up, and you also want to keep pace with Tampa too, right? Tampa wrapped up their series. If the Islanders can wrap up their series tonight, both teams could at least be kind of on the same level of rest going in to the third round, so that's what you kind of have to hope for if you're the Islanders and do not want to have to play on Friday, because who knows when they're going to start the third round, and you're already going to go up against 
against the Tampa team you're very familiar with. They eliminated you in the conference final last year. If you remember, the first time that the Islanders got out of the, the first round since 1993 was in 2016. They beat the Panthers and then lost to Tampa in the second round. So they're very familiar with this team, and you want to be able to go in on an even playing field or playing ice, as it were, and you could do that with a victory tonight. So that's going to be a lot of fun at the Coliseum. And then you'll see the Game 6 tomorrow between the Avalanche and the Knights. And Montreal sits there and waits. And now the Tampa Bay Lightning sit and wait as well to see who's going to make it to uh, the third round. I had this question, and I haven't been able to get an answer on it. But if you're an old-school fan like me, you'll remember the last time that we've had divisional play in this way in the postseason, meaning not having that 1-8 through eight format and not having the format that we've had recently, is that you had to play your way out of your division, similar to what we had this year. If you go back to the old Patrick, Smythe, Norris, and Adams divisions, where one played four, two played three. And what happened, and you might see this hanging in some of the banners of, a, of an arena near you, is that you'll be, let's say, the Patrick Division playoff champions. And you'll hang that banner up. Even though you didn't win the division during the regular season, if you won it and got to the conference final representing your division in the conference final, you got a banner. Or, or you choose to put a banner. I wonder if you will see... Like, will the Tampa Bay Lightning in Amelie Arena hang up a banner as the Central Division champions of 2021? Will the Montreal Canadiens hang a banner, North Division champions 2021? And also, this was brought up to me on Twitter, and I, I don't have the answer because nothing's going to happen. We've, we've seen it so far. Um, but you're, you're not going to you're going to find out when we get to the third round. Usually, when you win the quote unquote conference final, you're awarded the Clarence Campbell Bowl or the Prince of Wales Trophy. There's not going to be anything like that because you know, depending on how things work itself out, the only Western division, the Western Conference team that will be in the Final Four will be the winner of the Avalanche and the Golden Knights, uh, the Lightning. Uh, the Canadians and either the Bruins or the Islanders are all going to be Eastern Conference teams. There is no conferences anymore, okay? These are just, this is the semifinals. So nothing will be presented at the end of the third round, I wouldn't think, unless they just wanted to kind of create something. But I haven't heard that they will. So there won't be Bill Daly handing out the Prince of Wales trophy or the Clarence Campbell Bowl because technically these teams are not represented by any kind of conference and they're not winning a conference. They just had to win their division. And then just based on the one through four format in the third round, that's when everybody's going to get a chance to play each other. That's why you're going to see a Western you know, team play an Eastern team in the third round because there's not going to be any of the Western teams left. So it's kind of a weird season. I would suspect you're not going to see it because those divisions are not going to exist moving forward. It's going to look odd history-wise like, wow, the, the Lightning won the Central Division. That division, uh, they're not in the Central Division. They were only in it for one year. But, you know, if a team wants to throw up a banner, I guess they can throw up a banner. And, you know, the Montreal Canadiens can feel pretty proud of themselves that they're representing Canada here in the third round of the playoffs. Somebody had to. Everybody thought it was going to be the Leafs. If not the Leafs, then it's certainly going to be the Oilers. If not the Oilers, it certainly was going to be the Jets. And and now the, your fourth option ends up being the team uh, that advances. So I, I thought that was kind of pretty cool. And I was just kind of curious if you thought about that as well. All right, let's go to you. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct is the way that you can reach me. So let's dive right into the tweets with David. He says, I'm expecting the Coliseum to be rocking tonight for the Islanders. 
It's made me think. What's your most memorable moment you've seen at Nassau? For me, the Penguins-Islanders brawl of 2011 stands out. Uh, number one and the Tavares return in 2019 would be number two. Well, I was not at either of those two games, but I, I have to get back to the exact um, the exact game because they had. I think it might have been game four when Sean Bates had the penalty shot um, goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs in 2002. That, to me, I, I, I covered all those games in that series uh, because the Islanders used to be, um, they are right now, back on 98.7 ESPN New York, but when we started the radio station in twenty in, in back in 2001, in, on 10.50 a.m., the Islanders were... Uh, on our station and John Weideman was the play-by-play voice and Chris King who does play-by-play now was the analyst and I got a chance to, to work all those games and do shows at Champions across the parking lot over at that Marriott and that to me was just uh, an incredible atmosphere that was an incredible series that the Islanders probably should have won that's the memory that sticks out to me and just a non-Islander moment at the Coliseum would be I got a chance to do the play-by-play um, a couple of years ago on the Zabanajad overtime goal. I also got to call a, a uh, Girardi overtime goal uh, at the Coliseum that beat the Islanders, but I was in the building, and, and, and I, I, I remember that fondly. And also, way back in the day, I want to say 1990, I saw Andrew Dice Clay at the Nassau Coliseum. So those are things that stand out to me. All right, Chris says, if Vegas wins the series, what options does Colorado have for next year at second-line center? Should they let Kadri leave as an unrestricted free agent due to his history of playoff suspensions? Well, here's the problem with Kadri, and just ask anybody with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's worth the risk because he's a good player, and you could see you know, losing your second-line center, how it affects the avalanche moving forward here. Now, they could get him back for a Game 7, which they got to hope they get, but no, you got to try to bring Kadri back. And everybody has tried to get him more disciplined, but he's a very difficult player to replace because he's effective. He just goes over the line way too much. Uh, Tony says, "Do uh, you give the Canadians any chance versus either Colorado or Vegas? At this point, I think you can push either team to six or seven games." Thoughts? I do not. But again, this is the NHL, and Carey Price has just been shocking to everyone. You know, but take a look at the two teams that Montreal beat. And it's so easy to say it in hindsight because I picked Toronto to win. And then when I got the opportunity to pick the Canadians around two, I still went with Winnipeg. But you see those teams were flawed. First of all, both teams lost significant players. One by accident and, and one by stupidity, right? You, the, Toronto loses John Tavares in the first game. The Winnipeg Jets lose Mark Shifley in the first game. That obviously worked to the benefit. Um, Carey Price is a much better goaltender than, obviously, Campbell and Hollabuck at least played much better than those two and has a little bit of a better history. So that's an advantage. I'm not sure you could say that Montreal will have against Colorado or Vegas. Marc-Andre Fleury's been really on his game. Grubauer as well. Uh, both of them are up for the Vesna Trophy. So that's an advantage that I don't think uh, Montreal will have either. Uh, and I just think that Vegas and Colorado are much better than either Winnipeg or Toronto. So this is going to be some pretty heavy lifting for Montreal. They obviously got a great advantage getting some rest. But no, I don't think it's going to be um, even a long series. I'm going to stick to my guns here. As much as I love to see Montreal win, um, my wife's a Canadiens fan. She's loving this run. I love when original six teams make runs. It's been nine. It's been since '93 that a Canadian team has won a cup, and that was in Montreal. Um, but I just don't think they've got the uh, the firepower to face or beat 
either of those two teams. And um, but you know, stranger things have obviously happened. But I think um, the chariot or the carriage turns back into a pumpkin for Montreal in the third round. Uh, Carlos says, think the Rangers will be able to give Brindamore a blank check to be their next head coach. What's interesting is I'm not really sure what the interest level is, you know, uh, on either side right now. I think he's going to go back to Carolina. I think it's a moot point, but, you know, Gerard Gallant's stock is obviously very, very high. I'm hearing now, I'm hearing the possibility of a Patrick Waugh. I'll give Chris uh, Drury credit, and um, uh, Larry Brooks wrote this in the post the other day, that give Chris credit. He is keeping it very close to the vest. I mean, he's not leaking any information out. Uh, obviously, we know when he's interviewed coaches, but we haven't gotten a lot of information on who is on his list. And I think that's always that's always a, a sign of a really good executive that he doesn't show his hand. But um, I, I still think Carolina is going to get it right and keep Brendan Moore. I think they'd be crazy to let him go. Uh, Brendan says, hey, Don, long time since tweeting, but what should the Devils offseason plan look like well, it, it, it's clear their plan is to just stay the course, right? They've got the fourth overall pick in the draft. Let these young players grow. I have a serious question about goaltending. Is Blackwood the future? Because there's times where you feel like hey, he's going to be a really good goaltender, and then there were times in the season where like, I just don't know if he's going to be a great goaltender. I, I, I think the plan, it's slow and steady for that franchise, much, much to the chagrin, I think, of a lot of Devil fans. But they've got a a lot of good young players. Adding the fourth overall picks big as well. I don't know if they're going to be in contention for Eichel. I don't know if they're going to want to make a big splash. I think they just want to see their young players grow. But for me, I want to know who the goaltender is. It didn't work with Schneider. I'm not sure if Blackwood's the guy. Um, And we've seen in this league, when you leave goaltending last, like Toronto did, you find yourself getting bounced in the first round or not making the playoffs. So don't think that that would be... um, a good idea for the New Jersey Devils. Pleasantly says, how important is it for the Islanders to close it out at home rather than go to Boston for Game 7? Well, I will say this. You don't want to have to do that. But we've seen road teams win Game 7s. I think there's a team in the playoffs that can win a road Game 7. It's a Barry Trotz-led team. It's a New York Islander team with their structure. And I would say the same for Boston if things were reversed. That's why I think this series is completely up for grabs. But I even said if uh, you know if the Islanders were to fold down three one, I wouldn't count them out because I think they're really headstrong. But to me, uh, you would like to avoid it if you could. But I would not end the Islander season if they were were to lose tonight. I am mine seven zero two says we are seriously ready to blow the roof off of T Mobile Arena tomorrow night. Wish you could be here to experience it. I mean, that's the thing. Everybody wondered, myself included. Would it work in Vegas? Is it is it too touristy? Are they going to have fair weather fans? Now, granted, they've been given the gift of an amazing first four years. Stanley Cup final. Now they're one win away from going to the third round. Made the playoffs every single year they've been in existence. But i got to tell you, I've been in that building. I've called games in that building. You fans are just absolutely tremendous. And if you if games three and four are any indication, the Avalanche season is very much in jeopardy tomorrow, having to try to extend it to a game seven by winning in vegas all right well friday we'll know right well here's what we'll know on friday uh we could very easily have our final four set 
Islanders win tonight. Vegas wins tomorrow. Friday's show is going to be a complete preview of the third round. Or we could be previewing a couple of Game 7s, so, or at least one Game 7. We'll have to see what that's going to be about. But we'll talk to you again on Friday. Want to get in touch with me? Best way to do that always is uh, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. Talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.